this week on Maroon and Bold, we're going to be talking all football edition. We're going to preview the season for you. After their first game, they had a 15-point loss, but we're going to preview the rest of the season. What's it going to look like? Their first home game is this upcoming Saturday. What's up, everybody? We're back with another edition of Maroon and Bold. Uh, I'm CM Life Sports Editor Dylan Getz here with football beat writer Evan Petzl. Evan, how are you doing today? You know, it's nice because you got, you know, playoff baseball in the air, right? And then you turn things over to football and, you know, college has started up. The NFL's right out of the corner. High school football has been here for, for a couple weeks now. It's just like a really good time in the air. School's starting back up. It's never the, the most fun thing, but at least it's a good time of year to, to be back. And, you know, now we're going to dive into some CMU football. So that only makes it that much more fun. For sure, yeah. This is the first Maroon and Bowl of the semester, and today, Thursday, the uh, the football edition of the print paper will actually be uh, coming out in news racks around campus. So uh, f- for the first edition of Maroon and Bold, of course, uh, it's only right that we have a full football edition. Is that correct? No doubt. Got <laughs> to have it. Yeah, so so Evan, uh, a little bit more about him. He is the football beat writer uh, for CMU Football on our desk. He knows anything you would like to know about the football team. He writes, you know, writes all the stories, everything like that. Uh, so obviously, he had plenty of stories in in today's paper. <laughs> uh, we made him look pretty cool. Is that right? Yeah, it was nice. I mean, you got a little bit of recruiting in there. You know, got a little bit of your normal normal kind of, you know, game coverage type things. Then you got, you know, you also got your features in there as well. And and just being able to have a of a variety of that all in one paper was was super sweet. I'm not gonna lie, you guys did a good job with that. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited to see it. And uh, so f- first off, I guess we can get started uh, into into the coverage. Uh, tell me what I need to know about this team going into the first home game uh, this Saturday at 3 p.m. against uh, against Kansas. I mean, Central Michigan head coach, you know, John Bonamigo, he has consistently preached young but talented. That's kind of been his. His, his lingo, his slogan, his motto, you know, for the spring and for fall camp. And, and that's that's really what you got to know is they're, they're a group of guys that they have the talent and, it, and it's all there, right? Like Tony Poljan could be a really good quarterback being being six foot seven. Jonathan Ward, you know what kind of stardom he can bring. You know, we saw that that last year as well. He's, you know, he's got the ability to move back and forth, you know, as, as quickly as anybody and, and get down the field in, in an instant. And then, you know, their wide receiver corps, they, they're all super young after they lost uh, a couple really talented ones. And their tight end, Tyler Conklin, as well, lost him. So it's kind of Brandon Childress and, and Cam Cole leading that group. You know, Brandon Childress kind of getting his first chance at being, you know, the number one guy at, at that position, which is interesting to watch, too. And then, you know, switching things over to the, the defensive side of the ball, you know, they, their their defensive line is, is fine. You know, they, they have... You know, seniors, juniors, and upperclassmen there, but really the place to watch is that secondary. We saw, you know, Devonnie Reed and Alonzo McCoy. They looked really good against Kentucky, especially Devonnie Reed. But both of them, redshirt freshmen, they're they're young, and these guys, you know, they don't have that experience that, you know, maybe your Sean Bunting has as a junior, as a cornerback, or uh, Xavier Crawford coming from Oregon State. You know, he has that college experience maybe not as much CMU experience but he's got the college experience and that's kind of the one spot where you, where you really want to watch and, and see how those guys develop but you basically know what you're getting out of your your defensive line you know what you're getting off the, out of your offensive line most of those guys are older you know Derek Smith and and Jamez Kimbrough those are the younger guys of that group but besides that you know what you're getting out of there I think the biggest question mark though has been the quarterback and the wide receiver play that that's kind of where the question marks are are coming up. But I think that's where a lot of the you know young but talented statements come from. Yeah, I one of my favorite position groups on this team is definitely the running backs. It mm-hmm. seems like they got a lot of talent there. Uh, they got you know 
two, three, four guys who can who can run the ball consistently. S- specifically, uh, Jonathan Ward, who, like you said earlier, I mean, he was one of their best players last season, and he's back. Uh, you know, Shane Morris didn't come back. Mark Chapman didn't come back, but Jonathan Ward's back. Um, unfortunately, he didn't really get off to a great start uh, in their first game, <laughs> yeah. which he didn't really have that much of an opportunity to, which we'll, we'll, uh, we'll come back to that. But um, he's, he's very talented. Uh, and then second of all, like their their second guy, uh, Kumnu Gwili, or I believe it's yeah Kumnu Gwili. You got it, Gwili. Yeah, okay. Uh, Bono yeah. calls him G Willie, but G Willie, it's, yeah. it's, it's Gwili. Well, Bono calls him G Willie, and it's funny <laughs> it's that you nickname. say that because the uh, the broadcasters during the game were calling him G Willie the know, entire time, driving me absolutely well, nuts. Well, that's, you that's know? what Bono said. I actually asked him about that. Me and uh, and Adam Jackson, yeah, another guy that covers CMU. You know, he was asking. We were both asking him like, hey, like, how do you actually say his name? And he was like, oh, I just call him you know G Willie because it's easy for yeah. me, but it's actually Gwili. Um But but yeah, I mean, he's yeah. a guy too that. That that could be something special. Romello Ross, you know, working through an injury right now, but when he gets back, he's going to be another go-to guy. And then, you know, Kobe Lewis as a true freshman, we saw him play a little bit against Kentucky. He had one carry for three yards, but nonetheless, you know, he did a good job of blocking as well. And and he was a he was an asset, and he was one of those guys where, you know, especially with <laughs> with Gerard Davis going down, you know, yeah. in, the, in the kick return category, he's a guy that could just as easily step in there and and you know be your number one kick returner. So. And, and, that, and, I, and you also got to think too, though, with him, you know, with a, with a true freshman to take a red shirt, you got that rule now where you have four games that you can use him for. Do you burn that? Do you not? That's going to be interesting to watch as well because he's he's a guy with talent. Yeah, I, I'm glad we I'm glad we went on the topic a little bit about uh, Kumanu Gwili's name because <laughs> I'm just going to say it. But I was talking. I mean, me and my roommate were both watching the game, of course, yeah. and he was saying G Willie, G Willie, mm-hmm. G Willie every time he got the ball, G Willie. And you know, my I, I turned to my roommate and I'm going, do you do you pronounce uh, Michigan Michigan Mi- Michigan? And you know, that was just, that I thought that was funny, but that was how he was pronouncing Gwilly's name. And I was like, you know, just just drive me nuts. <laughs> but anyway, that kind of stuff uh, gets under your skin, though, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, you, like, you don't. You just kind of you just kind well, of. In wanna the grand mute scheme it. of things, it's not the biggest of deals, but yeah. like, at the same time, it's just like, dude, like come on, yuck, yeah. like you know. But anyway, uh, and, and, and he's that guy uh, almost. Not the opposite of Jonathan Ward, but he he's a bigger running back. Oh yeah, he can you know knock linebackers over instead of going around them. So uh, he's definitely. I mean, him and um, him and Ward go together very nicely in that backfield, and I think that's something we can watch you know all season. That's something to look out for. Is well, those two names, well, yeah, and six two. 246 yeah. he's gonna bulldoze you Jonathan Ward at that's 202 more of the back and forth type of back but but yeah that's a good running back combo and it's, it's something that you need I think you know at any at any I, I don't care what conference you play in in college football you need that one-two punch of having guys that can do it both that can do both like you know you're not going to get both out of uh, out of one or both out of the other you know to have two of those guys that really can keep the defense on their toes and it's going to help out, especially when you get into that MAC play too, because you got to you got to remember, you know, Kentucky. Yeah, they're a team that that they're not going to go and they're not going to win a national championship and they're not going to you know win an SEC title, but they still play in the SEC and they still got big guys up front. And and I know, you know, we talked about you know a little bit off the podcast. You and I were talking about Alonzo McCoy and Devonnie Reed, a couple of the missed tackles they had in the backfield. But why are they making all the tackles? I mean, that that's got to be your guys up front to step up and. And, and make that tackle in the first place, and I think that's that's another thing to to look for as well is there's only so much you can do when you know the opposing running backs you know back by by the secondary over and over and over again, 
So that's another that's another thing to watch too. And I think I think that changes as Mac play comes around though, just because you know the level of talent and you know the weight on some of those guys is is a little bit different. Yeah, and and I'm glad you that we got into Mac play a little bit because Mac play specifically, uh, <laughs> you know, these first few games of the season, non-conference games, they're not nearly as important to the outcome of some of these seasons mm-hmm. for for some of the teams. Um, but Mac play, everybody like. Now all of a sudden you need to win to move on. You have to. Mac plays the only. Yeah, yeah Mac plays the only importance to these guys. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, other than uh, unless we unless we're worried about bowl games, super you know like every year or something like Mac plays are the only games that really matter. Mm-hmm. All this other stuff is just you know training, getting ready for oh yeah, getting ready for these games. So I think. Uh, you know, Mac play the whole level play across the conference just goes, you know, takes one step up. Well, yeah, I mean, you look at it in, in really any conference, especially if you want to, you know, jump away from the Mac for a second and look at any power five, really. Yeah. If you win your conference, I mean, you're, you're basically, you know, you're in consideration yeah. for being in the college football playoffs. Now, not, not the same in the Mac, but still, like, it just comes down to how you play in your conference. That's, that that's what it really comes down to. That's what really matters, and that's what CMU's really got to focus on. Is you've got this prep game against Kansas, where you know they lost in Nickel State. They they shouldn't have lost in Nickel State, but that's kind of been the trend yeah. for quite some time. But like that's okay, mm-hmm. because you get to go in there against Kansas, and okay, now you can display a couple of things that you want. You can work on different packages, whether it's you know on the defensive side or the offensive side, or even on special teams. You can work on some of those things and tweak them because you know that you've got a tough Northern Illinois team coming in week three, a team that has has serious defensive talent. I mean, looking at a guy like Sutton Smith, you know, as, as a defensive end for the for the Huskies, like he can be all over you, all up in your grill. So you got to be ready for for really anything that they're going to toss at you. Yeah, definitely. And before we get too much into this next game uh, against Kansas, I want to talk to you a little bit about what happened last weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, for the fans, uh, Evan was one of more, uh, I guess, hopeful minds covering the covering the team. He didn't think it, it was as bad as it was. Fifteen point loss, thirty five to twenty was the final score. Um, one interesting stat for you is that CMU had four defensive turnovers in the first half. Um, the only problem was they were still down twenty one to twenty. Um, going into halftime, which I think that really held them back because they couldn't get that mm-hmm. offense going in the first quarter or in the first half. Uh, you know, tell me what you thought and what you saw uh, during that 15 point loss at Kentucky. Well, looking back to to my predictions, I, I predicted a 14 point loss. Like I, I thought it was going to be, you know, somewhat like that. Whether it was going to be, you know, you know, 14, 15, 16, you know, any, anything like that. I kind of figured um, around there, but. I did not think that CMU was going to get shut out in the second half. I thought it was going to be more of a, hey, we'll play with them until the third quarter, and then you know they'll score a couple touchdowns, make us look silly, and then that's kind of what I thought from CMU's perspective. But, yeah, I mean, the off, the offense, that, that's all that I – I mean, that's what I was talking about before is that that's the concern, man. Like, that that is rough. You know, Tony Poljan, there are multiple situations where – you know, I mean, obviously you have your poor throws, and that 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 happens when you have a guy who's starting his first game, but – there just like wasn't anybody for him to go deep with like yeah, and, and even feel, when he did go deep to Childress a couple times like there was you know offensive pass interference or there was you know a holding situation when he when he had a couple nice running plays like it was just almost like not everybody's brains were kind of running on the same cylinder right yeah, almost like right. some people Nobody, were off in la la land and not, yeah. not say that you know right in, in, a, in a mean way but that's just kind of how I I viewed it was nobody was really on the same page and that that caused for a lot of troubles on the offense 
thankfully the defense was able to step up and, and keep it you know semi close there for a while but eventually it just got out of hand and you know I don't think it's a good pairing that uh, you know our receivers are very young uh, we lost all our best receivers last year to graduation yeah, they're out of eligibility help. and it doesn't help that Poljan isn't necessarily the best throwing quarterback out there so you kind of put those two together and it makes for you know not a very steady offense in terms of the passing game I mean there was times you know that they would run three four times if they got a first down uh, you know they they just run the ball three downs mm-hmm. and then punt it which you know nobody likes to see that uh, unless you're getting first downs, um, which you know, and then you have a reason to do it. Uh, Jonathan Ward and 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 Gwilly are great running backs, I think, for for CMU. But it's just like that's not that's not a viable offense for the entire season. Mm-hmm. You know, when Mac play comes around, it can't just be Tony falling for a couple yards. You know, it's got to be it's got to open up a little more. And I think uh, with this Kansas game, seeing that Kansas is like. My gosh, it's one of the worst, like, power five, well, the worst power five team. Like, in, if they were in the MAC, they'd be towards the bottom still. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and I think against this against this Kansas team, I, I really want them to open up the playbook. I really want Tony to pass the ball and show and show us and show me and show you, uh, show us that he can pass the ball. I mean, we know he's, we know he can run. The dude is six, seven. You, you know, you know, he can, he can tuck it mm-hmm. and he can, you know, fall for a few. I'm excited to see him play in the red zone because not only can he pass it five yards or whatever, but he can just fall for five yards and get the TD, you know, that way on his lit, you know, just tuck it and run. So I think that's not really something that we saw very much. There wasn't very, there wasn't any red zone play from CMU. And when it was, it was just, you know, from turnovers from the defense. Um, but the offense is shaky right now. I mean, there's there's no other way of of going about saying it. It's mm-hmm. just kind of you don't really know what to expect. It is week one too, though, and that that's the thing I think you you really got to remember is it is so early in this season. My other thing is I was talking about earlier. You're you're playing Kentucky. You know, Tony when Tony runs the football and he runs it up the middle, his three or four yard runs against Kentucky might end up being six, seven, eight yard runs against a MAC opponent. And that, and you know, in the same situation with Kansas, not being as tough of a team, I really want to. I think this game against Kansas coming up on Saturday is going to be the game that really tells me what this team is made of, because Kansas is more of like a like a MAC type opponent, right. in the fact that they're not, you know, an SEC you know powerhouse team with a top running back with multiple you know former five stars on the line, you know. And they're that, just that, not. They're just not really good. I mean, they're three and yeah, thirty-four in their good. last they're three. Seasons. Yeah, they're just not. Which had, it's the, been it's been forty-nine yeah. straight losses on the road. This provides a great opportunity. Like I just said, like I want Tony to throw at this game. Yeah, like, I would like that is my dream. You know, I want him to sling that ball because he didn't. I mean, it Shane was, did it last year. Yeah, it, it was really. It was really. Yeah, Shane put up forty-five last year. You know, I mean, that offense was flowing against Kansas. Because Kansas, well, they're not very good. Well, that provided, you know, Shane, like, you could see it in his confidence level. You and know? you have room for error, too. You know that yeah. maybe one interception on a deep ball isn't going to ruin the game. Yeah. Whereas if you're playing against Kentucky and you throw an interception. Yeah, that's a lot more that's a know, lot, deadly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think, you know, they're a team that, you know, Kentucky, of course, they're a team that can capitalize on turnovers like that. I don't think Kansas is. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I that that's my dream for this game. I want Tony to just air it out and restore the hope that, that I previously had before that Kentucky game. Um, 
I think he can do it. He has a talent. I mean, he he's got the arm. He's, six, he's, seven, he's got he the size. See, he can see over everybody too. Uh, yeah, like, like, there's, yeah, there's not a reason why he shouldn't be able to. Do it's it. hard for him to get picked. I mean, yeah. you know, there's no there's no middle linebackers jumping three feet up in the air to pick his you know uh-huh. his six foot seven arm out. Yeah. And here's what else. Here's the other thing I think too is looking back at that game. You know, watching a little bit of tape and and just like looking into some things. The, the thing that I noticed was just like the fact that. The play calling was so conservative. It was almost like they were scared to, to give it a shot, right? And, and I mean, it was one of those things where if you want to beat Kentucky, you got to go for it, man. Like, you got to try it. It was almost like they took the back seat and said, all right, we're going to do our little, you know, Tony runs for a couple yards. We'll hand it to Ward until he gets injured. Or, or you know, we'll hit guys on a couple, you know, short slant. Right? You know what I mean? Like, we'll just try to keep it super short, super simple. There were a but lot like, of there were a lot of short slants or a lot of little out routes. You but know, what happens? Easy in, throws. But, but what yeah. happens in upsets? You take chances and right. you get lucky sometimes, and it works. Like, yeah. and that, that's what I think they needed to do if they would have wanted to win that game. They didn't do it. They played super conservative, which is why I I don't really want to judge the whole season on just one game because they, they didn't roll out their full playbook, not at all. Oh, yeah. But I yeah. think there, there are question marks, though. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they're a great team or they're going to be amazing. You know, I still think they're a, they're a six, seven, you know, maybe eight if they can really figure their stuff out. But they're they're a six, seven win team, and that's that's probably about it right now until they change my mind. Yeah, and I think, uh, like, like we've said time and time again, I mean, Kansas is a great opportunity. It's oh, yeah. you know even you know as we even talk in this podcast, it's becoming more clear to me that Kansas. It's good. It's a good thing that they're number two on uh, on this year's list of, of look teams what that like, did for Shane Morris. His confidence, yeah. like you were, you were saying earlier, it yeah. just skyrocketed, and that changed the rest of the season. Like he was able to deliver multiple comebacks, and just the team was flowing. And yeah. you know, and for a guy like you know Jonathan Ward, who might feel like he's the only talent on this team, if if he feels that way. You know, if they can go and they can light it up against Kansas, you know, that gets him kind of back on that path of like, hey, we got we got guys, we can do this. That it really just brings the whole team morale up yeah. after a tough and loss. It, yeah, and and say they put up thirty and they blow them out or something, even if they win by like two or three possessions, which you know they're capable of. Mm-hmm. You know, like that that in, that reinstates belief. I mean, you don't you don't ever want to talk about this, but. And nobody, nobody might ever say this, but you know, if you don't look good in the first game, you know, people might be kind of, you know, iffy about mm-hmm. iffy about the team, iffy about the season. They might start asking questions, stuff like that. But I mean, say you just will on Kansas this this weekend. I mean, everything, everything's on the up. They believe in each other, and and you know, things are good. And that's another that's another thing that you need to, especially going into a game against Northern Illinois on the road. That's huge because that's one of those, you know early season conference games that that could really you know screw you in the long run if you don't if you don't have your team going and you play that conference game early and and you don't execute that's you're already 0-1 in the MAC and that's not a good start and that's not what you want I I think they lose to Northern Illinois and that's just me personally but nonetheless that kind of gets you back on the right track and then you follow up with Maine and they're going to smoke Maine um, and if they don't then then I guess you can shave I guess you can shave my head then right Dylan (laughs) yeah yeah Um, but but yeah, and then you go into Michigan State, and then you know your conference play starts and stuff like that. So you got a couple nice bounce back games in here that that could be really huge for the rest of the season. But we're gonna have to see how it shakes out, and I'm just excited to see what this offense can do against Kansas because they're gonna roll the dice and they're gonna let them let them do their thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I one thing I want to know is that Jonathan Ward took a big hit, devastating hit during uh during the last game. Other guy, I don't I don't remember who it was. He was ejected for targeting. Um, 
what happened? I mean, what happened in the news? Uh, what happened before this game that put both you know Ward and Benny Snell Jr., uh, Kentucky's two-time thousand-yard rusher? Um, what put them in the news before this game? There's kind of a little little trash talk, little uh, something going on at least. <laughs> From a reporter's standpoint, I'll, I mean, I'll just tell you how how it was for me. I, I will, you know, I was interviewing him, and obviously, you know, everybody saw this. Kentucky CMU game as kind of a Ward versus Snell kind of a thing um, you know even though Ward maybe not as you know not as highly ranked as, yeah, as a guy as, like Benny not Snell. as highly uh, I mean you know Benny Snell Jr. is big time he's expected he's to big go time, he's but, expected but I, to go yeah. you know like in the draft he's not, going, he's, not he's not going back to school next year yeah no, he's, yeah. Going, he's going to the league and he's going to go second third you know fourth round he'll go he'll go pretty early but but um, but yeah, I mean, eyes were kind of on that matchup just because Jonathan Ward he made a couple preseason lists for running backs and stuff like that, and he he started he made some noise in the offseason a little bit, um, with report other reporters talking about his game and you know what they think out of him, and I asked him, you know, what what do you think about this running back matchup between you and Benny Snell, and he he was like, he said, quote, I don't I don't really know him, um, you know, nothing really special to me, and end quote. That was basically what he said. And, you know, Snell responded with the whole, you know, the usual cliche, you know, my play yeah. speaks for itself. It speaks for me. You know, you, you, you know my numbers. Yeah. And another another interesting point about that is that after the game. Well, after the game, he, he, yeah, he, he tweeted, yeah. like, don't, after don't the speak game, on my name yeah. like that. After yeah. the game, Benny Snell, obviously, I mean. He was just waiting for his play to speak first. Yeah. And then he went ahead and he, he talked. Yeah, so what what was Benny Snell's final stat line? I mean, over 100 yards, two TDs? Yeah, he, he had 125 and yeah. two touchdowns. Yeah, and, he, and, and Jonathan Ward, I mean, well, Jonathan Ward got hit and pretty hard. He got, he got yeah, he got lit up, and that was – that was situation where that was kind of that. I mean, he got he got blasted. Basically, what went down was Tony Poljan, you know, dropped back and dropped back, and he looked to kind of hit him running on the outside, trying to trying like to catch him for a, like, like a little something. bubble screen, yeah. pass and pass and run kind of a thing. And he and Tony knew the ball was, you know, there was no chance. He threw it out of bounds in the area, though, you know, obviously, and Jonathan Ward, just no ball in his up, hand. Man. He was, I mean, that was. That was targeting. that was on purpose. That it was, was on, it was targeting. Chris Westry got got kicked out of the game, ejected, and that was not even a question. Targeting it was just absolutely like flagrant. Just went after him. There was no yeah, reason for I, it. I think this definitely kind of spike like sparked. Hit, well, Jonathan Ward's comments. I think it you know it, oh, was, yeah. it was in Kentucky's heads during that oh, game. Yeah. It was like three, maybe two or three, four if, plays in. Yeah, when if Benny Snell knew to talk about it. Yeah, to tweet about it right after the game, the whole team knew. Yeah, and and the thing is like. Three, four, it might have been like the second or third handoff of the game. Uh, Jonathan Ward got hit hard in the backfield for Josh like a Allen loss of lit three. Oh, yeah. And then they all like ran right, right in front of Jay Ward when he was getting up, and they were all just you know flexing, and you know you could tell they were excited that they got him. Oh yeah, you yeah, know that, just, just yeah. a little bit more than you would be any other time, but you you could tell that you know something was up. You know, I guess the good news. If there's really a good, I guess I'll try to take this in a good news way for, for CMU football fans. Um, you know, he was checked for a concussion on the sidelines. He was out for a while at the half. He had eight carries for seven yards. That just tells you how much Kentucky, you know, yeah. literally smoked him. Um, but he was able to come back late in the game. Had a couple nice runs. Hurdled the defender, um, and he'll be he'll be back starting against against Kansas. But still. A scary thing, you know, out of your star player, you know, nonetheless, your star running back. And I assume he's not going to say anything about Kansas. Yeah, I uh, I think he'll try he to keep shut. it cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
probably the best decision. <laughs> it was pretty surprising to, well, it was just I fun to saw watch. It coming. I kind of saw it coming. It was fun to watch, but then and then Benny Snell just went off. I mean, he hurdled mm-hmm. Alonzo McCoy, and um, oh, his name is. Devonnie Reed back yeah, there. Yeah, Devonnie Reed. Devonnie Reed got got like a shoulder on him, mm-hmm. so he just kind of cut around and hurdled McCoy and went for like fifty two yards or something. It was almost like he broke a tackle from Devonnie Reed and hurdled Alonzo McCoy at, at this, the exact same time. Like it was it was really like, good. Jump, like, push him off, and then continue run. Like that was that was impressive. And in the you know the part that didn't help uh, Alonzo McCoy at all is like hit Alonzo McCoy's helmet like hit. Benny Snell Jr.'s hip, mm-hmm. and it didn't look like at all like he was phased, you know. Like, uh, Alonzo McCoy kind of went backwards, <laughs> yeah. Well, Benny Snell, Benny Snell's first touchdown run was on a it was a wildcat option, you know, direct snap to him, took it on the sidelines, yeah. super easy touchdown. That's that's basically textbook, you know, nothing really special that he had to do. And you know, Khalil Pimpleton, um, yeah, you know, a, a CMU football player who has to sit out this year after transferring from Virginia Tech, he tweeted. Basically, this was the gist of the tweet: was you know that that was a lucky touchdown. He's all right, but he's not really that good. Yeah, trying to and then trying he, to back up Ward a back little up bit. Ward, and then he runs for that second touchdown. And I look back, tweet's gone. Tweet's gone. I mean, you know, there's a point where you just gotta accept the fact that Benny Snell Jr. is legit. He's, he's good. a good football player. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, it doesn't matter if you're a CMU student. It doesn't matter if you're a CMU football player. It doesn't matter who you are. You could be my great grandma who doesn't know anything about football, and Benny Snell's so yeah. good. So, dude, dude's a good football player. Yeah, it doesn't you know? matter who you are. He's good. Yeah. Uh. Well. Anyway. Yeah. That's all the things I wanted to cover. Uh. For the for that <laughs> past game, Kentucky game. Uh. We can look forward a little bit more to Kentucky. We'll wrap it up pretty soon. Uh. What do we? What? Do, or I'm sorry for the Kentucky game, and we'll look forward to the Kansas game. Mm-hmm. Um. Tell us about Kansas. David Beatty is our coach. Uh, three wins and 34 losses in his first three seasons and change. From 2015 to 2018, 0-12, 2-10, 1-11, and now 0-1. So, yeah, you know, you mentioned 3-34, and but there's the there's the breakdown season by season, you know, for you. And, and uh, last year, Shane Morris gassed them for like four or five to- – I think it was five touchdowns. Yeah, five over- touchdowns, 467 yeah, yards. well over 400 yards of passing. 45-27 yeah. was- win for the Chippewas. They, they, it was a blowout. Yeah, they put them on blast. It was and- almost like that Ball State game. You know, like nobody really competes with – well, Ball State doesn't really compete with anybody in the MAC. Well, they didn't last year, and – like wow, this was this was a blowout. I, I'm surprised they even scored 27. But by that point in the game, they're not really. I mean, nobody really cares mm-hmm. what the what the final score is. I mean, Tony, some, Tony was in the game at quarterback by that time. Like yeah, they weren't. Yeah, uh, you know, Tony was getting. That was a game that Tony, you know, got in a couple different positions, mm-hmm. I believe. But but yeah, Kansas uh, should be a walkthrough. Yeah, I mean, what to know about this team is you know you got senior quarterback Peyton Bender. He threw for 187 yards, two touchdowns. Didn't throw for an intercept. Did not throw for any interceptions against Nickel State. That was a game they lost. Nickel State, an FCS opponent, beat him by three in overtime. It was one of those games where just you know Nickel State just kind of kept chipping away, hanging with them, and then in overtime they were able to pull it off and and get the job done. It was kind of like you just your classic, you know, underrated team comes in. I know Kansas isn't that good either, but you know Nickel State FCS opponent comes in, kind of hangs close, and then eventually kind of. Kind of takes the game, but yeah, Peyton Bender. I mean, he he looked all right. Completed at fifty four percent of his passes. You know, not nothing like insanely special about him, but he's definitely someone who can who can get the job done. I mean, he, he's not awful, 
And in looking at their running back, uh, Khalil Herbert, he's also a guy. He had 12 carries for 61 yards, but you know he's he's all right as well. Like there's there's just a lot of question marks because you have these guys that seem to be you know all right, but you know what does that what does that really mean for your team when it comes down to game time? Is is what can these guys what can these guys? I mean, really how do? much does stats really translate to their 34 losses in the mm-hmm. last 30 what seven games or whatever? Yeah, you know, but. Uh, something something I wanted to note, just an interesting fact. You know, we were talking about it a little bit earlier. Offense for CMU, it's not not fully there yet. Uh, kind of shaky. CMU is only favored in this game, even though Kansas is how bad they are. CMU is only favored by five in the books. Um, what I mean, does that? Did you know that? Are you? Yeah, you no. Know, what's no, your reaction the, 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 to that? Yeah, the line the line started at seven and then it dropped down to five. Um, and it'll, it'll probably continue to drop, you know, little by little. And I, I, w- I would probably assume that the line gets down to about four or four and a half um, by the time by the time kickoff comes around. But I think it's one of those games where, you know, you, you look at you look at Kansas and you see that they're a power five opponent. And I think that that puts a little bit of lean on it. But I, I mean, if you're betting on the game. I mean, you know, CMU should smoke them, and you gotta you gotta bet that way. That should be easy. That should that should be easy money for you because a lot of people might go into this bet thinking Kansas in Power Five, huh? But really, no, they're they're Kansas, and not to be disrespectful to Kansas either, but they're just really there's really nothing special. Yeah, there. what, what did yeah? What did you tell me the other? I think it was like two days ago or something. I might have been 11 years old the last time they won a. Was it eleven? Yeah, the it was, last it time they won an away game. Oh nine. Yeah, oh nine. So uh, yeah, I was UTEP, I believe. Yeah, I was eleven years old the last time they won an away game, which is like, that's just a joke, you know? Like, come on. <laughs> like, I mean, if they come in here and they beat CMU, that that is going to be the biggest slap in the face to Central Michigan because that's yeah. going to be national news too when they win their first away game. Yeah. In that long, like, and like, yeah. oh yeah, CMU is going to make headlines. Yeah, for a if, loss, they, yeah. if they lose, <laughs> if they uh, win, whatever, push to the side. And people are gonna say this too, like, okay, uh, basketball school, obviously, Kentucky's a basketball school. Yeah. They, their program's not nearly as you know trash as Kansas is. So I don't know. No, I mean, yeah, they just gotta. I don't know. They just gotta figure that it's out. It's definitely something <laughs> to be concerned about, though. I mean, and I, and I was talking to. Um, to Jesse Newell, and he's a reporter you know, for Kansas down there. He writes for the Kansas City Star, and I was talking with him for a Q and A that's going to be be dropping on our website. And and he just told me that, like, th- there were people that were literally like media members, emailing, text messaging, you know, tweeting at the university, saying, "Hey, what is up with David Beatty? Can he? Can we get him out?" And there were so many of those questions that the athletic director up there had to put out a press release. Stating that they were going to ride with BD for a little bit and just he's still evaluating the situation. That's how bad it is that they've got these guys literally attacking BD so bad that the AD has to release a comment. That like is, it's rough, yeah, Dylan. It's nuts. rough. Well, how do you, I mean, think of yourself in the AD's perspective. How do you even defend a coach who has won three games in three years and one game? How do you further game? evaluate that? What is there yeah. to evaluate? You're going to ride More with, losses? you're going to ride with just, you know, a coach who would just, Take L's? I mean, okay, there's a, yeah, and people will say, you know, I guess the one argument against it would be what if, you know, he he makes these guys grow up to be, you know, respectable young men, which is a perfectly, you know, that's that's a perfect argument. But you got to make money and you got to win football games. You got to fill seats. At some point, yeah, I mean, as as an Mm -hmm. athletic director at a university, you have to say, okay, are these, are these athletes 
being put in an opportunity to win their conference, to win their division, things like that. You got to take these things into account. That's part of the student athlete experience on any campus. Yeah. Not just CMU, not just Kansas. I mean, how do you defend that? Have you, you well, have you seen their schedule this year at all? Because if, really if you look, if you look down no. at their schedule, CMU is probably their most winnable game now that they've lost to, to Nichols. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so after CMU, they play Rutgers, Baylor, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Texas Tech, TCU, Iowa State, Kansas State, Oklahoma, and then Texas. That it's Oklahoma game, over. game. It's game over. Oklahoma's going to beat them by 75. Yeah, I mean, who was it? Was it Ohio State that put up 77 in their first game? Yeah. The other yeah, I mean, it's going to be up. it's going to be like that. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's not even going to be it's not even going to be a contest the rest of the season. They're, they don't have a chance. Like, CMU is the only game they're going to win. Rutgers, they have a new quarterback who's in there pretty good in the Big Ten. They're not going to be a Big Ten powerhouse nonetheless, but they got a good quarterback. They got a couple right, good running yeah. backs. Like, they're not they're not bad. Not yeah. like Kansas, at least. Like, <laughs> if, if, yeah. There's yeah. no reason why Central Michigan should not be able to win this game and, and win it handily. Yeah, and it I think – Wow, would things go wrong if if they lost to the oh my to Kansas? Gosh. I mean, I was just texting you earlier today, and like things would fall out. Well, that's why. That's why I hate the whole predictions thing that I have to. I mean, we have to. Yeah, obviously, yeah. you got to do it. But like, if they lose to Kansas, that changes what I think about this team totally. That's why yeah. I said this game is huge for me mm-hmm. as a as a reporter, as a viewer, and it should be for fans too. If yeah. you're a fan out there, this game should mean everything to you because this is really how you're going to figure out. You know, what is this offense actually capable of? If if they can do it against a team like Kansas, you know, maybe they can do it against, you know, A, B, and C. But if they can't do it against Kansas, they ain't going to be able to do it against anybody. Yeah, then they're really in trouble. So oh, yeah. I think that's where we go. Uh, that's that's where they, you know, there's a possibility for yep. it to go wrong, but uh, should be a write-off. Uh, should be tune-up game. However, we do go to CMU. There has been crazier things that have happened. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Oklahoma State, for example. Never forget. That, yeah, never forget. But uh, anyway, yeah, uh, that's where we're going to kind of wrap up this edition, our full football edition this year. Uh, you know, we'll be back each week to talk different CMU sports, including football, uh, soccer, field hockey, tons of different stuff. Um, you know, obviously our women's basketball is going to be going to be pretty good this year. So you'll probably hear a lot about that as well. Um, thanks for listening and uh, make sure to follow Elvin Petzold and CMU Sports on Twitter. Uh, for all your football uh, updates and visit the website as well for for all those stories that you guys would like to read all right Evan anything everything anything you wanted to uh, to say to the listeners that's about it I mean it was it was nice to be on nice to talk some some CMU football and get a chance to really dive into the upcoming matchup and we'll see how it goes all right we'll see you guys next time